You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I continue reading from my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. Actually, I feel a little sad. This is the last chapter, chapter 25, Sustaining Your New Practice and the Conclusion. So I hope it's only the beginning of your journey to explore your unconscious and you go back to the beginning or just pick a place to go explore deeper. So chapters 1 through 15 explored the different ways your unconscious tries to get your attention. From there, we've been learning to apply different strategies to exploring your images, including Jungian film theory and digging deeper into your psychological type. As I said, I'll be reading chapter 25 today, which is about how to sustain your new practice of exploring your unconscious, along with a short conclusion. I wrote this book as a guide, a companion on your lifelong journey of coming into deeper and deeper relationship with yourself. By the end, you hopefully are even more curious about the mysteries that reside in your inner world, the 80 to 90% of you that is unknown to you. The first phase of digging into your personal complexes is full of, well, complexity. Finding a new truth can make you cringe and feel liberated at the same time. Disrupting an old pattern by having the courage to do what was once unthinkable can provide an adrenaline rush that used to occur only when you were under the influence of alcohol, for example. Allowing yourself to feel vulnerable can lead to heights of pleasure and ecstasy facilitated by deep connection with another human being through which the divine is flowing. It's exhausting and exhilarating. And that's just phase one. Phase two of exploring your unconscious is being swept up by archetypal energies that want to flow through you for the benefit of evolving human consciousness. I don't know what that means for you, but for me, it has meant unleashing creativity through short stories, a podcast, blog post, and as a depth psychology coach where I hold space for my clients as they explore their unconscious. Enjoy my last chapter, which I hope inspires you to dig in deeper and follow your intuition about how to sustain your own practice. So let's get started. Chapter 25 sustaining your new practice. In this chapter, we celebrate you. This book was an introduction to learning the language of the unconscious to discover your soul's hidden purpose. Did you skim it or really dig in? And what interesting patterns and insights did you discover? What new perspective or skills are you using that reflects the new direction your soul wants you to take? And do you feel energized by a renewed sense of purpose? If you're in the middle of a crisis, do you feel like your soul has your back and you are more alert to the guidance it wants to provide? Are you more comfortable feeling awkward and vulnerable? 
from drawing like a child to having imaginary dialogues with dream figures, to taking back projections from your partner, allowing your childlike nature to lead the way was key to hearing what you couldn't hear before. As you work towards fluency in this foreign language, receiving and decoding the messages your soul sends through your unconscious will become easier. The wounds at the root of patterns that no longer work can transform into gifts that act as a doorway to something new that wants to be created through your unique human experience. As you surrender to the pole of your soul, you might feel like a vessel through which something transcendent wants to speak. These moments feel like a gift of grace, a glimpse into the eternal, or being in the zone or groove. It's not something you can make happen. Rather, it shows up when you relax into receiving what wants to flow through you. Sharing my insights. When I began exploring my unconscious, I was dismayed at the realization I was not the rebel I thought I had been, despite my attempts at resisting convention. I recall that 24 years earlier, I had stood my ground in the argument with my soon-to-be husband about not changing my last name. Why would I change my last name? I responded to what I thought was a dumb question. I was confused. And why do you care? Why was my stand for self-determination a threat to his? The projection onto me of being partially responsible for his sense of masculine identity turned into a false sense of obligation on my part. Six years later, my husband's immediate dismissal at my desire to hyphenate our children's last names prompted a quick calculation of whether the emotional exhaustion inherent in standing up for my values was worth it. I didn't pursue it. Not until my marriage unraveled did I realize that over time, small compromises like these made me smaller than who I was supposed to be. My choices had reflected a complex combination of factors. No, I wasn't like my mother, but being her opposite didn't work out either. Part of me viewed the way I showed up in my marriage as a failure, but I had also disrupted a pattern and something new was happening through my experience of marriage. Finding your groove. Where do you go from here? Are you hungry to find answers to new questions and are you beginning to tell your story in a new way? You may feel a new sense of purpose bubbling up to the surface, but beware of the potential for your ego to use your new practice as just another way to achieve, satisfy an addiction, or reinforce an existing complex such as perfectionism. The goal is to stay curious, gather intelligence, explore patterns, find meaning, and integrate new insights into your life. How do you keep this process going, and how do you integrate this work into your daily life so it becomes more like a yoga practice and not a new goal to accomplish? The foundation of this work is to capture encounters with your unconscious and reflect about them in your written and image journals. My morning routine includes journaling about dreams and daily events. Today, journaling about a dream helped me become conscious of feelings of fear about publishing this book. My reflections helped me process the fear so I could strategize how to get to the finish line. You do not have to be on alert for every instance of your unconscious speaking to you. Instead, explore the ones that intrigue you and use the methods you enjoy. Journal about your dreams the next morning if you have time and or journal at the end of the day about a conflict at work. If you're having one of those days where too many things are not going your way, your unconscious may be alerting you to a buildup of emotion that needs to be released. Drawing the emotion is one way to move it around and walking around the house yelling you're angry or purposely triggering a big cry are ways to process something that feels stuck. 
Don't beat yourself up if you go a week without journaling. Just work on doing it more and more and then reward yourself. Finding insights can feel like a powerful revelation or more nuanced and subtle as it gently grabs your attention. You can get addicted to finding meaning and depth in life just like you can become addicted to any other substance that fills a hole in your life. When I don't remember a dream for two weeks, I get antsy, but I remind myself that my soul brings me what it knows I can handle. You will also find yourself in situations that force you to face something again, something you thought you had already processed. You were starting to feel good about your new attitude, and then during a moment of stress, it all comes back. For me, it's my mother complex, but over time it has felt less dramatic, and now I have a sense of humor about the whole thing too. In these instances, you are being invited to go deeper and find a new level of meaning that you weren't ready for previously. So follow your intuition and then call on your sense of discipline to find meaning in the experience. How images evolve over time. My first six months of journaling felt like water gushing out of a garden hose, and the major insight I gained after going back and reading my entries led to decisions that may never have been made otherwise. Journaling creates the scab that stops the bleeding, and reflecting and making meaning out of what has been written or drawn can be thought of as the itchiness that is part of the healing process. Have you noticed recurring themes in your dream images, fantasies, or obsessions? Snakes, bears, or other animals, having sex with an ex, being chased by mercenaries, crashing airplanes, showing up for an exam after having never attended class, screaming for help but no sound coming out, flying, falling, babies, or being naked. If babies keep showing up in your dreams, are they healthy or malnourished? There may be some new part of you trying to grow. Are you tending to this new part of you? And there are images that have changed over time. Water was a strong theme during my first two years of journaling. The lakefront, a lawn sprinkler, a slowly flooding white tile floor, a glass window standing between me and a tidal wave, a man steering my boat during a storm, jumping from the deck of a huge ship into the cold, dark ocean, jumping into a swimming pool where I could see the bottom. My dreams were warning that I was about to be plunged back down into my unconscious to learn something new about myself and they contain clues about the intensity of the experience. What was happening in my life at that time? Water is a symbol of purification, and in one dream, as I stood naked in a bathroom made of white marble, and slowly rising clear water rose to my ankles, I felt as if I was in a museum, a place of appreciation for valuable artifacts. My dream was ensuring me that the new unknown version of me that was being revealed was to be appreciated. Try this. After a month of journaling, go back and read what you've written. Do it again after six more months and again after a year, searching for terms that your intuition says might be themes. Are there things you don't remember writing and are there new dots you can connect? Journal about new insights and what areas of your life you can approach differently because of the insight. Maybe there's an answer to a question you've been struggling with, whether to stay or leave a relationship or a work situation, for example. When I need a prompt to help me find meaning in recurring images, I use www.dreammoods.com, an online dictionary of dream meanings. Dismiss everything except the phrases that click, and don't look to the dictionary for interpretation, only to prompt associations. Sharing my insights. The complexity of the phallus. 
One of my recurring images was the phallic symbol. What does it mean when a penis shows up in your dreams or when you're having sex with a celebrity or your ex? Except for those who have been victims of sexual assault, the embarrassment or shame you feel may have less to do with sex and more to do with coming into relationship with a part of yourself that has been neglected. Working to embrace this part of you might release a new creative urge and maybe help you overcome some sexual hangups too. Having no framework to explore the symbolic nature of sexuality has contributed to two extreme versions of making meaning out of sexual energy, playing out as literal and concrete beliefs and behaviors that end up degrading the relationship between sexuality and spirituality. One version attempts to control sexual energy and shames people, especially women who do not follow the rules established by authoritative figures who use religion to gain women's permission for their own sexual oppression. The other version promises liberation through an anything-goes approach, and sexual energy as a creative life force is reduced to quantity, techniques, and self-gratification. I ran from the oppression of religious ideas about my sexuality right into the trap of sexuality as a purely physical experience. It was not until my midlife unraveling that I found a deep wound reflecting a warped relationship between my sexuality and spirituality. And the process of healing it included being swept up in my first post-divorce relationship. There was great irony that the man who swept me up turned out to be a fundamentalist Christian who visibly struggled with shame as he sought to keep his human instincts in check. Drinking Captain Morgan rum and coke unleashed eruptions of passion and sexual desire that otherwise were forced to stay in his shadow. My anger about his conflict related to having sex outside of marriage turned to openness as I sought to understand where my sexual attraction was leading me. New experiences of intimacy and stillness brought arousal, and the deepening emotional connection with my partner turned vulnerability into trusting receptivity of what wanted to flow through me. The relationship acted as the perfect vessel for my ultimate transformation and the inner reconciliation between my sexuality and spirituality. It was not until a dream that came after I broke up with him when I came full circle in my relationship with the penis, literally and symbolically. The dream. I'm in bed and I discover I have a penis. It's mine and it's attached to my body. I love it. It's big and soft and hard and warm. For some reason, it's close enough to my face so that I can kiss it. So I do. And explodes with cum all over my pillowcase. Throughout this transformative relationship, I had tended to many dreams that featured the penis. And my growing appreciation for symbolism opened me up to the deeper meaning of the phallic symbol during this part of my life. Over time, my dream images evolved from distorted penises that brought feelings of shame and disgust to a fantasy about sexual submission that was asking me to receive something new, including deeper sexual and spiritual pleasure. The experience of surrendering or emptying and then receiving led to an eruption of creativity. I realized that my psyche had seized upon an image that triggered shame to help me recognize pieces of me that needed rescuing. After the relationship ended... My dream images eventually evolved in a way that the penis had nothing to do with a man. Another dream. I'm in bed with a man, and he's trying to enter me. Wait, there's no man, just a penis. I'm so aroused, but I resist for some reason. I'm concerned because I don't see a condom. I surrender slowly, 
and I feel like I'm going to explode. I'm resisting, resisting the tension between resistance and desire, and it's intensifying. My arousal deepens. When I awoke, I realized I had experienced a vaginal orgasm for the first time. In my journal entry about the dream, I wondered about my concern that there was no condom, and I laughed at my anticipation of the day I would not need to fear unplanned pregnancy. The phallus symbol evolved to having its own agency separate from the body of a man, and it now became mine and wanted to enter me. The final act of leaving behind my old life involves selling my house, leaving my adult children, and getting in my car to drive to a beach town. After 12 months of feeling anxiety in my new version of life, I had a dream which reflected my growing embrace of this unfolding version of me. The dream. I'm in a bathroom and I look down at myself. My external sex organs, my labia, clitoris, vulva are all huge and hanging out of me. It scares me. I say to someone, go get mom. My new capacity to surrender and feel vulnerable primed me for an orgasmic explosion of creativity in the written form. Do you know more about yourself now? Making space to explore topics that feel uncomfortable is my sweet spot. Going to those places promises the juiciest insights, those that will potentially mean the most for your life. This chapter encourages you to turn curiosity about your soul's hidden purpose into a practice, a lifelong journey. One dream, a single image can lead you to more places than you can imagine. It doesn't feel like a course to me anymore. Rather, connecting with my soul through my unconscious feels more like a friendship. That's what I want for you. Conclusion. Between this and that, your soul is speaking to you all the time through inner beings and forces that live, play, and argue in the playground of your unconscious. But are you listening? This book was meant to teach you how to hear and decode the messages your soul is sending through your unconscious. I warned that your biggest challenge would be conventional systems that have influenced your approach to life. And I agree with Jung that the fate of humanity depends upon the self-reflecting individual, you. Jung is all about managing the tension between the opposites so that a new attitude can emerge. Whenever you feel pulled to one side of something to the exclusion of another, you've left that sweet spot where the magic happens. But that's okay. If you've been too one-sided, you'll find the middle again. Be forgiving during your journey to find truth, which is usually in the space between this and that. Working with the unconscious is not a one-time event, nor is it a straightforward experience. Your GPS app won't know how to respond to the request for directions to your unconscious or the phone number for your soul. Give up the goal of getting from A to Z and instead allow the ocean current to move you forward and backward, up and down. Making soul is not like getting a great grade on a paper or making a sale. Rather, you begin to deepen into life and feel joy for the silliest of reasons. Embrace yourself as a living paradox, one drop in that ocean of humanity, caught up in waves that are more than you, but made up partly of you. Your journey involves managing the tension between your uniqueness and as part of the collective. Don't let any collective swallow you up by giving away your mind, heart, or soul, and do not become arrogant and believe your way is the right way, because as soon as you believe you are right, you've lost perspective. Don't take yourself too seriously either. Find the humor in your journey. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to me read chapter 25 and my short conclusion and the whole book. Have you thought about buying a hard copy of my book for yourself or someone else? A hard copy so you can take notes and use it like the guidebook it was meant to be? You can find it on Amazon or bookshop.org, which you can get to the links via my website, deboralukovich.com. If you haven't already, start a journaling document and revisit another chapter. Don't listen to your mind tell you to start over and go in order. Nope. An important lesson I hope you learned is that your unconscious is the realm of the feminine, which is meandering, sneaky, mysterious, strategic in its own way, and patient. You might start by exploring the dream you had the night before, or closing your eyes and randomly picking a page. You and your unconscious are a bottomless pit, and once you get a taste of gaining mind-blowing insights about your life and how your life fits into the collective, you might get hooked on finding deeper meaning in everything. It's fun, too. You can get there via my website, deboralukovich.com. Thanks for listening and sharing with others who need my framework for self-reflection. You can find more free content, follow me on Instagram, engage with 4,000 plus Twitter followers, take advantage of free mini lessons on my YouTube channel, and read some of my awkward short stories. And I've got a memoir coming soon. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.